Welcome to the Sensory Change Podcast, where we learn to think differently as a community supporting sensory kids at all levels. We share all sensory matters through discussions and interviews with experts in the field to get practical ideas and simple strategies to implement in day-to-day life. Here is your host and author of Against the Odds, Dana Latter. New York Times best-selling author, podcast host, and speaker. She founded Tilt Parenting as a podcast and online community aimed at helping parents raising differently wired kids from a place of confidence, positive connection, and hope for the whole family. Hello, Debbie. Hi, Dana. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. So, Debbie, how did you start your journey helping parents of differently wired children? Well, it started because I discovered that I was raising a differently wired child. And when he was younger and I was really struggling to figure out how to find an education path for him and get him the support he needed and also just understand um, what was going on with him, I felt very isolated and I really struggled to get information and just to know what that path might look like. And so... Once I got a little further down the road, down that path, I decided that I wanted to create something to support other parents in the similar position so they didn't have to feel alone and to provide them with access to the kind of information that would would help them feel more confident and more peaceful and more joyful about their day-to-day life. Uh And how did you get around finding the different kind of information? Well... You know, early on, I, I think, you know, my son's now 15 and when he was three, four, five, and we were discovering, you know, there's something different going on here and his differences aren't as visible as, as some kids might be. So it was unclear. And so I would talk to pediatricians and other parents and teachers and it was very complicated to discover, um, you know, what exactly would he need to, to thrive? And, and so, you know, I used the, of course, the internet and, and things like that, but there wasn't a lot of community. So, um, so once I started till parenting, I, I started reaching out to, you know, the authors that I was reading, the parenting experts, I really tried to go to all the experts that I wanted access to, and then amplify their voices to my community. Uh-huh. And uh, how can being a differently wired kid be an advantage in our society? <laughs> yeah, I think in so many ways. You know, I know that parents can often be paralyzed when they recognize my child's moving through the world differently. And oftentimes, you know, the instinct is to focus on areas of weakness. And especially in a school setting, you know, how can we work on things that this child is not good at. But I believe when you really focus on their strengths, you know, there's so many incredible strengths that come with many narrow differences, whether that is, you know, being very sensitive and noticing things that other people don't notice. It could be a really creative approach to problem solving. It could be having really strong visual spatial abilities 
Um, even if writing isn't or, or reading is a struggle because of maybe a learning disability, you might have these incredible visual spatial strengths that could help you in other ways. So I think, you know, the bigger thing we need to do is start looking at these kids through a strengths based lens and think about how can we develop those so that this child can really tap into their gifts. We both chose to home educate. So what was your reasons for home educating Asha? Well, he had been in a couple of schools when he was younger. So we did try traditional school for his first three years. And we were in two private schools and one public school at the time. And actually, we had been living in Seattle, Washington, and got an opportunity to move to the Netherlands around that time after second grade. And we just kind of realized, you know what, we have not really found a, a good match. And we hadn't been able to find an environment where Asher could really learn the way that he learns and where he could feel good about, um, you know, focusing on his strengths and be able to get up and move around or, you know, do the things that he needed so he could really love learning, which he, he did naturally. And so, yeah, we decided when we made that move, you know what, let's just try something completely different and let's just let him focus on the things that he's interested in and see where that takes us. And then I kind of designed a curriculum around his interests and I did that for six years. I'll say that he's now, um, we're back in the U.S. We just moved back last year and he has started high school in, um, in a private school here in New York. So we've six years, after six years of homeschooling, we're trying something new. And how is he coping? It's actually been a really nice, uh, it's been, it's been nice. He's, he, we were both ready for it. The way I have always viewed our education is that, especially with these kids who can be so complicated that we need to evaluate on a yearly basis, if not more frequently to think about, okay, is this working? You know, what does this child need right now? And, and what environment would really help this child thrive? And so in the spring, we just kind of realized, you know what, I think it's time for something different. And he, I will say the school he's in is a one-to-one learning environment. So he's, is he, I didn't throw him into a, you know, class of 30 other high school kids, uh, which I think would have been a pretty rough transition after homeschooling for six years. Uh-huh. And what would you say are his strengths and how did you create a curriculum around these strengths? Well, I mean, I, I will say that one of his greatest strengths is he is insatiably curious. And so he loves to go deep in learning. And I think that was one of the frustrations about typical school was he would do something and he'd really want to go all in. And then 45 minutes later, he had to switch and do something completely different. So um, I kind of would follow his lead. So if he found himself really excited about, um, you know, some subject, it could be light lighting, or it could be typography or philosophy or whatever it was, I would really follow his lead, let him go there, go deep into it. And then I would find ways to approach that topic through a history lens or an artistic lens, a creativity lens. Um, Is there science? Are there novels we could read that, you know, tie in with this? So 
I, it really, I mean, he's got many strengths, but his, his curiosity and desire to really go deep um, work has worked really well for us. That's lovely. And like dealing with a differently wired child can challenge, can be a challenge for the whole family. What would you recommend parents in a similar situation? Well, oh gosh, so many things, but um, I think what I hear from parents in my community the most and what I notice is that a lot of their challenge and pain and discomfort comes from expecting their life to look different than it does or expecting their child to be different than who he or she is. And so I think the first thing, and this can take a while, but doing that work on ourselves to really lean in and accept who our child is and stop kind of arguing with reality. And so that we can start being like, okay, this is what's going on. Now, how can I, instead of trying to get this child back, you know, into the plan, the quote unquote normal path that I envisioned, how can I really get to know who this child is and lean into them and and go, you know, go to the joy within what exists. So I think I think that's the first thing I would I would say. And then I do think getting connecting with other people and finding your community is critical. And it's one of the wonderful things about social media and technology today is we can find each other. And I think that it's really important because it can be overwhelming, especially when our kids are younger and we're just trying to again, figure out a path and that path isn't necessarily clear and there can be a lot of misunderstanding from the outside world. Uh-huh. And what would be your message like to society in order to accept our kids more? Well, I just believe so deeply that there is no such thing as normal, right? I think that this idea that there's, you know, there's one good way to be in that everyone who falls outside of that has a deficit or um, doesn't have as much value. So I think, you know, my bigger message is that actually there is no normal. And if anything, differently wired kids are the new normal. And we need to, as a society and in our schools and in our workplaces and our families, we need to embrace the gifts that come with being differently wired. I mean, I believe that being a nonconformist and looking at things differently and um, having, you know, all the gifts that come with different neuroatypicalities, those are the kinds of gifts that can, can really change the future. They can solve the problems, the big problems like climate change, like Greta Thunberg's doing. I mean, they, they've got work to do. And if anything, we should get out of their way and, <laughs> do what we can to help them really realize their true potential. Exactly. So you've learned a lot in this journey, but what would you say is the most important lessons that you have learned? Wow, that is a good and difficult question. Um, you know, I think it's just a lesson I continue to learn. And that is that, um, that, I don't, first of all, I can't control 
really anything. <laughs> like when I try to control things and make things the way I want them to be, and I lean in more to my fear, right? Because I think controlling comes from a place of fear of the unknown or the future. Um, that I really, it doesn't feel good for me and it doesn't help my family. And so the lesson I work on every day is how can I find peace with what is today and how can I follow, follow love instead of fear and recognize that, you know, my child is his own being. He's his own wonderful human on his own journey. And my job is, is not to try to make him anything he's not. It's to, it's to help him become who he's intended to be for himself. Uh-huh. And any advice on teenage years, on tantrums, and how to cope? Lots of breathing and patience. <laughs> um, you know, I was just interviewing someone for, for my podcast uh, yesterday, and we were discussing just how long it takes to support a child, and especially a teenager, through through challenging emotional you know, situations or, you know, if our, if our child is struggling, our teen is struggling in some way. And, um, I think as parents, we want to, we're always looking for the quick solution. We want to say the right thing. We want to get the right help and get our child on back quickly. And I think we need to recognize that, that, you know, really creating a genuine relationship with our child and one where they feel safe and that they can actually grow and develop in the way they need to, it takes a long time. So I think get out of, um, for me, I'm telling this, I'm reminding myself too, not, don't be in solutions mode. Don't be always trying to solve problems. It's okay for our kids to struggle. They need to struggle. And our job is to let them know that they have our support and, and help them find their way, um, on their own. It's kind of like that analogy of the butterfly, right? Um, where you when a butterfly emerges from its cocoon, we can't help it, um, spread its wings to, you know, even though it looks like it's struggling, um, because if we do that, it's not going to survive. It will never have developed the strength and resilience in, that they needed through that struggle in order to fly. And I, that's something I think, especially if our teens are suffering and they're really going through a rough time, it's finding that balance of holding a space for them to be uncomfortable and to be in that emotion and knowing that it's part of their journey. Yeah, such a hard journey as a teenager. So hard. I know. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. And um, your book, Differently Wired, was inspired by your life story and what is your message to parents struggling on their own? Yeah, I mean, I, I really want parents to know that their child is exactly who their child is supposed to be and that as their parents, you are, you know, they are exactly the parent that child needs. You know, I think so many parents, at least when they find my work, they they come to me feeling like a failure, feeling ill-equipped to give their child what they need. And they also have this sense that life is always going to be hard, you know, that this, they just, uh, bad luck or whatever, they got handed this child that was, you know, so much more difficult and that's going to make everything hard and make their life um, not have as much joy and choice. 
And I completely reject that notion. And I really want parents to know that actually having a differently wired child can enrich in your life so much. It can make your life so much more fuller and full of joy and adventure. And so the big message of the book is how to really tap into that, how to do the work on ourselves as parents and as humans so that we can show up for our child so that really our whole family can can work to the best of its ability. Exactly. And Debbie, how can people um, find your book and your website? So everything that I do can be found at tiltparenting.com. And so there's a books tab there and you can actually download a chapter if you want to check out the first chapter. I also have a podcast with more than 170 episodes. They're all, they're all on there. There's a parent community, um, virtual and in-person groups that you can tap into. So it's all on tiltparenting.com. Hmm. Debbie, thank you so much for this interesting and amazing conversation we just had. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Sensory Change podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. For more information on sensory input and ideas, visit danaletta.com.